You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Welcome, everybody. I'm Winston, and uh, before we get over to Catherine, today's the first episode we're recording on our new portable recorder. Yeah, because normally we've been using a mixing board and recording into the computer. We actually have like a Zoom portable recorder, which means we're going to be able to do podcasts around campfires. Yes. But that's totally unrelated. So, Catherine, what's today about? Yeah, yeah. Today's barbells and backpacks, and it's all about our fitness journey to... Why is everything journeys? <laughs> but it's a, it's a thing. Everybody it, talks it's about, about the their process. journey. It's not always about the end results. Well, I'm not, I'm not bagging on you. It's just, you know, <laughs> You're going back to the e love comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're doing. I got it. But anyway, <laughs> I'm really excited. It's all about that journey into <laughs> building up our fitness. And Let's start, stop calling things journeys and we'll call them voyages. Expeditions. Yeah. It's, Tracks. It's my, my fitness expedition. Oh, okay. That sounds so much better than my fitness journey. <laughs> Do you feel weak? What? When we talk about a journey. No, I just think it's so cliche. Oh. It's okay. like everybody's got a journey. Every, everybody, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a burden. Everybody's got a, you know. Like, <laughs> no. No, most people are boring. All right, semantics. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so this is going to be talking about fitness and how to accomplish our goals, specifically towards uh, backpacking and rock climbing, since that's what we do a lot of. Yeah, and we'll give you the tools uh, that will allow you to adapt whatever it is your passion, whatever your physical passion. Yeah. Uh, not, not talking about the bedroom, you know, with your physical passion, but... <laughs> that too, maybe. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, I'll tell you, like... Really? If you're super out of shape, <laughs> you're not going to be very good in bed. <laughs> like, you know, before you really get going, you're like, oh, I got to take a break. Can but, somebody get me well, some water? It all depends on what kind of actions going on in the bedroom. But still, no, you got to have some stamina. You got to have some endurance. And that's real. Yes. Like, like stamina is trained. Okay. Right? It's true. Mm. And you have to have a strong butt. Like, <laughs> you, there's no hip. If you, if you got weak glutes, there ain't no hip action going mm. on. All right. Uh, and that's why we have the explicit uh, uh, thing on iTunes. We will have iTunes. to put that on, our well, on, on this a, episode. But it's on all our episodes. Is I it? marked it. When I put it on iTunes, oh. I put it a... a as explicit. That's, yeah. That's probably good. Because maybe we'd get people going, ooh, what are they going to talk about? Exactly. Um, and also, just we sometimes say fuck. So, yeah. yeah, we were just being kind to people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, whatever whatever sort of outdoor pursuit uh, you have, um, obviously, you'll always benefit by being in better shape. Um, and that there's sort of certain principles uh, that will if you apply them to your training, will improve and and sort of guarantee a longevity. Yeah. Um, and where this comes from uh, is that I've been coaching athletes for over 20 years. Uh, you know, I used to own a bicycle shop, so... Uh, I That's was, how we met. Yeah. You were a client of mine over 10 years ago. I was. And uh, then... It was all very professional. Yeah. Uh, and now we're... Now we're podcast doofuses uh not very professional because professional denotes getting paid <laughs> <laughs> and you know we're doing this for fun <laughs> mm-hmm. um uh, kathy carlo does it for the love of climbing yes the not she's climbing. amazing yeah oh i don't know if i should tell people this <laughs> yeah she friended you on facebook she did <laughs> yeah She'll think I'm a stalker or something. 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of Kathy Carla. I don't fan about anybody. And uh, I was, I was just a quick aside. I uh, uh, just followed her. And from my personal account, I made a few comments and she liked them and she friended me from her personal account. And I'm completely in awe of her work and I can't believe she reached out to me. Yes, and, and to further that story, because the part that she didn't say <laughs> is that, so I get this phone call at like quarter to seven <laughs> in the morning. It was so worth it. <laughs> And it's like, to me, when you're getting a phone call uh, when it's dark out, the only reason is somebody is either dead or terribly disfigured. And like, I pick up the phone, you know, because it's like my cell phone, so I got to go dig for it. What? Hello? It's like, you'll never guess who friended me on Facebook. And it's like, and I'm like, no, guess. Because the story goes two days or three days before, and I've said this a couple times, the reason why I'm doing this, you know, want to do this podcast is I'm so inspired about all the cool people we get to meet. And I wanted to have some big audacious goals about a week ago, and I was saying, who do I want to meet or what do we want to accomplish? And one of my goals is to meet Kathy Carla. Yeah. 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 And it happened two days. Like, well, well, we haven't met. Match. She just friended me, and I know... People like, are rolling their eyes, but well, it was, the, the fact that just people think, think of somebody that you think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, d- don't get me wrong. I get that part. You just should have kept it to yourself till about 8.30 or 9 <laughs> o'clock. That's really what I'm getting at. All right. Yeah. So back to our barbells and backpacks. Uh, and obviously, the, the episode is about more than just weightlifting or strength training, but barbells and backpacks just just rolls off the tongue so well. Yeah, so you were talking about how you used to train people. Yeah. And you, and you still do, actually. Yeah. Um, I get it for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that uh, sort of informed my training philosophy was uh, the Pareto Principle. If anybody's familiar with it, it's from like a, an Italian economist in the 1800s that 80% of the land was owned by 20% of the people. It's the Pareto principle, you know, but it gets applied to a lot of things. And I uh, looked at it from the standpoint of 80% of your performance gains come from 20% of your work. Uh, so what is that 20%, right? Because a lot of stuff we do fitness-wise is yeah. kind of fluff. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and for people who are time-limited, if you can strip your training down to only that which matters mm-hmm. um, in the correct doses. And drum roll, what, what is that? What? What is it that matters? Well, it depends on what your goal is. And oh. Yeah, the, it, it gets a little more complicated. Um, but yes, if, if you were to take uh, and strip your training of all the fluff and you know, get in, get exactly what you need and get out, you can make really, really good progress without hours and hours in the gym or on the bike or on the trail or on the whatever you're doing. So that's sort of what we're getting at. Yeah, and I can say that I I encounter this with your training when I first met you with cycling because my goal at that time was to go from a 50K uh, race or bike ride to a 75K that happens every year in Cambridge, Ontario, called the Tour de Grand. And so uh, it was a three-month training stint, and it was all about being super efficient. I was really impressed at how when I came in, I could work out for about an hour, 45 minutes, or 45 minutes, and not feel like the next day or that same day that I couldn't walk because of what 
kind of a workout you gave me. So mm-hmm. as you've mentioned before, it's all about the right dosage. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was really cool because I think a lot of people go at it with the other point of view of no pain, no gain. Well, and here's here's a simple little thing. There are times for that, but that should be the rarity. Yeah. Right? Like the brutally, brutally hard workout. Yeah. Um, what most of your training year should look like uh, is workouts that are work, mm-hmm. but not death. Yeah. Um, and you should be able to go again tomorrow. Yeah. Um, there's three parameters that you can adjust in your training. Your intensity. Yeah. Um, in, in weight training, that would be the percentage of your one rep max. Um, in basically more endurance-based activities, that would be uh, either percentage of your maximum power or percentage of your maximum heart rate. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's duration. Uh, and duration and intensity operate on an inverse scale because the harder you go, the less you can do of it, mm-hmm. right? If you're doing one rep um, max repeats, like lifting weights, doing squats, for instance, mm-hmm. well, if it's a true one rep max, you got one of those in you. And that's it. Yeah. Right. That's not a lot of volume, right? Or duration. Um, and then the other parameter is frequency, Right, so think of the from a bodybuilding standpoint, the bro split, where each body part is only worked once a week. Mm-hmm. You might work out six days a week. You know, Monday's International Chest Day, right? That's why nobody can get a bench in the gym. <laughs> uh, and then when it's leg day, you can't walk till almost, you know, the next week. Right. Um, or you can take an approach like the Bulgarian method. Okay. Um, which is training every day. And you work up to whatever the heaviest single you can do in the squat every day. Um, But you're not doing a lot of volume. But there's a lot of frequency, Mm -hmm. right? And both systems work. And then there's sort of like, those are both extremes, though. Then uh, the the method that I find that works better for people over the long term is, uh, again, if we'll, we'll use strength training as the example, uh, basically something like a full body three times a week, like if you're limited for time. Okay. Or an upper-lower split where you're doing the lower body three times a week, the upper body three times. So that means okay. six days a week. So most people are more most comfortable with three. Yeah. Because especially if they're going from nothing. Yeah. So um, break that down a little bit. How many uh, upper bodies? Like can you So I- if you're a beginner, full body, there's no splits. Um, yes. Right. So uh, the, one of the best programs out there for just getting physically stronger, mm-hmm. um, ignore the nutrition part of it. You know, uh, if you get this book, it's called Starting Strength by Mark Ripito. Uh, and really, really good book. Um, and it f- is three full body workouts a week uh, built around the squat, the deadlift, uh, the bench press, the overhead press. Um and he's got power cleans in there. But I, that type of thing I would put in with either a pull-up or pull-down if mm-hmm. you're not strong enough to do pull-ups or mm-hmm. the assisted chin-up machine um, and some sort of row, right? Because any day you do a pushing motion, you should do a pulling motion. Okay. And this is actually what we were doing when we first started working out together, right? Yeah. That principle. So let me just uh, pause, interject for just a moment because I want to give my feedback on that. Yeah. Um, so 
2016 in the summer, my goal was to backpack and I couldn't even lift a backpack. It was quite comical. We were on a wilderness survival trip with Winston. I probably had about 35 pounds. Things were moving around in my backpack, but I literally had to have somebody hoisted onto a ledge. So instead of me picking it up from the ground and putting it on my back, I would just slip into it and walk off. (laughs) It was really bad. And I was also, I don't know, 220. I was overweight. I was not, like I had a ton of issues. Um, So it wasn't until I found out I had some pretty significant knee issues that uh, I asked Winston for help. And so, uh, you know, going back to some of what he was just talking about, what I started off with was honestly just uh, body weight squats. Like I was just doing a squat, a lunge. And, um, and let me just also preface or, you know, say that I had, r- I have really bad knees. I've already mentioned it a few times, stage four osteoarthritis, one stage away from a knee replacement. Most people would say, and I think this is important for a lot of people to hear, why the heck are you squatting? Because doesn't that sound counterintuitive? Um, and in fact, my f- uh, orthopedic surgeon told me not to squat told me not to hike, not to kneel, not to do stairs. It's like, well, what the fuck can I do? And had I not already started working out with you and not realized the benefits I was getting, mm-hmm. I probably would have listened to him. Yeah. But I thought, no, this, is, this doesn't make sense to me, and this is my life, and this is my passion. This is what I want to do. I was really, really upset. So I decided to go and get a second opinion from a sports medicine doctor who specialized in osteoarthritis, and um, he said, no, we can do it. We just need to work around it. We need to work. You don't want to do anything in pain. You don't work through pain, but you can build. And that's, mm-hmm. in fact, for osteoarthritis in your knee, um, building strength and losing weight are key. Yeah. There's a lot of things. I can talk about some other things I, can, I have done. I've got orthotics to help position my feet in the correct position. I wear braces when I do squats. But also when she I looks like a robot. I do. I look very. I I feel like uh, Angelina Jolie in uh, what's that movie? Tomb Raider. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't a robot. <laughs> yeah, but she had you know, she looked like she had those holsters on her thighs, and I just you know, anyways, I felt like pretty badass. Well, hey, well, listen, you know, I I think you kind of look like you know a Terminator, and and that's uh, that's that's, uh, that's sexy. She <laughs> thinks you look like you think you look like Angelina Jolie. There you and, go. There you go. You know, Laura Croft. So you know, yeah. whatever whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that a lot of people can relate to that because they're concerned about injuries and, and, and often they give up before even trying. Um, so I can, I'm living proof that there is a way. And uh, this method that Winston was talking about um, of uh, powerlifting, uh, you know. Well, we, it's strength training. Like it's, we, it's really strength training, yes. Yeah. So, we, you know, we transitioned from me doing squats without anything to a 45-pound barbell, empty. Mm-hmm. And it was wobbly at first, and we always focused on form. That was always important and getting used to things. And we generally, I progressed with like two pounds on each side, two and a half pounds. And I went all the way up and kept was very consistent with you and added to the weight. Geez, we got up to a total from 45 pounds up to, at my highest, 190. Yeah. And that's, you know, me with stage four osteoarthritis. Like, so it, I'm living proof that it can happen you can succeed and my backpacking has you know incredibly incredibly improved i can pick up a backpack and swing it with one arm it's no no worries i can pick up my children i can do a ton of stuff yeah well and i think one of the things that you're going to run into is if you basically develop a, a a pattern of consistency 
Um, <laughs> there are many training f- principles out there, but the two that I think are the most important, and this applies to conditioning work, this applies to uh, you know strength training, this applies to uh, mobility work, is being consistent, right? You know, day after day, week after week, week after week, you know, just stick with it. Um, because it's not about big improvements. It's not about getting in shape overnight. Um, you can you can see some pretty quick, quick fitness gains. Yeah. But things like your tendons, your ligaments, your bones, that takes time. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, like the, for them to get stronger. Um, and that people trying to do too much too quickly is how people get hurt. It is. But um, the bright side is that there's a lot of newbie gains. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah, you can you can make consistent weekly gains yeah. for a long, long time. You can. And that's what a lot of these starter programs like Starting Strength, uh, the 5x5 five five program. The idea is, um, in a nutshell, pretty close to start with an empty barbell. And every, whether every workout or every week, um, add 10 pounds to lower body exercises, add five pounds to upper body. Well, if you're doing it every week, for instance, um, you know, and it's not complicated, yeah. just keep a little notebook and write what you did this week. Yeah. You know, let's say squat three times a week, three sets of five. Um, and for anybody new, I always recommend uh, lower reps, like sets of five. Um, even if it's not super, super hard for you, mm-hmm. because when you're learning how to do the movement, uh, you have to concentrate on the, uh, exercise. And so when you're doing, you can f- concentrate for five reps. Right. In fact, we warm up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do some warm up, warm up reps before we actually get into it. Yeah. Um, but you run into the thing where sets of five, you can, you know, stay like in your head and, you know, when you're setting up for a squat, it's like, okay, screw your feet into the ground, engage your core, breathe in properly, yeah. brace your upper back. You can do that for five reps. Yeah. And how many sets? Uh, basically in the beginning, just three. Three. Yeah. Right. And then and you, and then you eventually work up to five. Yeah. Like, well, what we do. yeah, you can get into all sorts of variations as right. far as the volume goes. Yeah. But in the beginning, the only thing you're going to change is just the weight goes up every week. Yeah. Um, and you'd be amazed uh, well, you wouldn't be because you've done it, but <laughs> uh, you'd be amazed where if you're just consistent about it, you can keep adding weight and none of the workouts are brutally hard. Well, what blew my mind was how that strength, those strength gains translated into cardio. So I had cycled in the past, the previous year when I had not done any strength training and I was completely gassed going up this hill. And so I thought a year later, oh, let's let's go for a bike ride and try this hill again. I couldn't believe it. It was it was nothing. And it all came down I was stronger. Mm-hmm. So I could power through that hill and I wasn't I wasn't gassed. I had no idea. This was my oh, and first especially cuz you hadn't been doing any cardio training. I had, and yeah, and people need to know that I did n- zero. I hate cardio. So this is completely all strength. So that that blew my mind. Well, here's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize. Um because we think of cardio as long sustained, uh, you know, work where where uh, you're getting your heart rate up into a zone and all that kind of thing, and that's the only thing that improves your cardio fitness. But uh, we all know what intervals are, right? Which is 
um, go hard, say if you're running, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the classic uh, workouts, you know, for people wanting to eventually run a 5K is run for 200 meters, walk for 200 meters. Mm-hmm. Well, basically anytime you're doing work and then rest mm-hmm. repeated, that's intervals. Okay. Um, because you have an interval of work and an interval of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what is working hard and then recovering and working hard again? What is that other than weight training? Mm-hmm. Right? So if you're doing any big full body exercises like squats, gotcha. deadlifts. You're doing intervals now. Yeah. And that's going to help your cardio a little yeah. bit. Like, you know, because if you're done a, a set of heavy squats, you're often, <sighs> right? And you recover yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. but but you got your heart rate up. Well, what I think people are going to be excited about with this um, this guy's book that you said, Mark. Mark Ripito. Yeah. His theory is that it doesn't have to be complicated. It, it's, it truly is back to the basics uh, of workouts. And people yeah. might say that's it. But yeah, it, it's going to work. And uh, people should definitely try it. Well, and this is one of the things, and I, I, I wish I could like drill this into people's heads is that what you should be aspiring to, and this is whether you're a musician, a painter, working out, learn to master the basics. Mm. You can't get fancy. Um, like, And I've had people over the years ask me all sorts of you know different training questions, mm-hmm. right? But uh, you're not going to get into any really complicated loading patterns as far as, you know, sets and reps and weights or, mm-hmm. you know, workout, uh, formulas for for getting better on the bike or any of these things when there's no foundation, mm-hmm. right? You can make so many gains um, by just consistently sticking to the basics, and each week, you know, or each month, you know, and the, mm-hmm. the basically the the more advanced you get, then the harder the gains are. Um, but just trying to do just a little bit more might be one rep. Right, like if if last week you were doing yeah. three sets of five, and the next week you did two sets of five and one set of six, yeah. that's progress. It is, yeah. right? And think of it as as this incremental game of a little bit of progress this week, yeah. a little bit of progress next yeah. week. Um, it's amazing. It's compound interest. It you know, we is, we've been yeah. talking about investing lately. <laughs> uh, it's that kind of thing where a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and over time it really adds up. Yeah. So let's talk about mobility because we soon discovered after such consistent and, and you know serious strength training, we started running into some injuries and, and, and I had a very big lesson learned was stretching. I had no idea. Um, that was half of my issues with my knee was that I had such tight muscles that were probably pulling my knees out of joint that later on I started stretching, it totally relieved the pain. So let's talk about mobility. Okay. So there's sort of two used to it. Um, one is sort of the day-to-day just feeling good, and the other is your sports performance. So if you're a backpacker, for instance, it, it really the mobility uh, will just come down to the just being able to move well. But if you're a rock climber, mm-hmm. um, the higher in the grades you go, Mm-hmm. You you're more like a gymnast, so now you've got to do the splits between two holds, yeah. um, or reach up with your foot and put your foot where your hand was, mm-hmm. right? So the level of mobility or flexibility, yes. um, the and the difference between flexibility and mobility, uh, 
flexibility is what you can statically stretch to. Can you bend over and touch your toes, mm-hmm. right? Whereas mobility, uh, as as the the word would indicate a little bit, is what you can move into, right? So stretching, um, static stretching, uh, or to increase your flexibility combined with movement training um, can improve your mobility, right? Because if you can uh, like stretch really far, but you can't kick high Mm -hmm. or put your foot on a high, you know, or reach on a weird angle, Mm -hmm. um, basically like if you can't use the flexibility you have, then you're not particularly mobile. Yeah. yeah. And I think, too, some people suffer from past injuries they've never taken care of, right? Well, or that's where my shoulder issue is. What are the most common injuries for backpackers and rock climbers? Let's talk about that. So uh, backpackers, um, actual injuries are ankles, knees. Uh, yeah, you'll get back pain, but they're not really injured. A lot of times with that, it's just stuff gets so tight that your back gets torqued. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where like a bunch of stretching and the, the back pain is gone. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the shoulders. Um, but there can be repetitious pounding on the ankles and knees. Okay. Uh, particularly if you're in any terrain that's good, mm-hmm. which means rough and mountainous, yeah. uh, then the risk of overuse injuries, like pounding, um, increase. Uh, is there any fitness that we can apply to helping? Yeah, because the stronger you are, yeah, um, then the more pounding your body can take. Right. Um, strength training creates armor. Right. Um, you know, you don't have to be big, mm-hmm. right? But it, it's one of those things. Like in, in fact, being like a big bodybuilder type mm-hmm. is negative, uh, as far as or a negative as far as your performance, mm-hmm. right? Because anytime you're overcoming gravity, mm-hmm. uh, and this is climbing, hiking up a mountain with the weight of a backpack on yeah. you, um, or even going downhill yeah, uh, especially. With, with a backpack on you, uh, you're going to run into the thing where the lighter and leaner you are without losing performance, right? Because right? if we take the strength you have at this moment, mm-hmm but you lost 30 pounds of body fat, well, that's the weight of your backpack. Exactly. Now it's like you're out for a day hike. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, there's any of this, like anybody that argues that, oh, no, you can do, it doesn't matter what you weigh. It's like you've never done it. No, that's not true. No, but, you know, we sort of get this. uh, I I think people confuse. people say that? uh, Well, you know. like When it comes to backpacking? Well, maybe not. But, you know, it's sort of like an overriding thing in culture. It's like you can be fit at any weight, you know, uh, you know, you can't do everything. In you every can't, way. then you're not reaching your potential. Yeah. You might be able to do something because you're an exception, but you're not doing as much as you could do. So, I mean, I encountered that. I lost 35 pounds and that was huge. In fact, for every backpacking trip we had been going on, we always targeted as part of our fitness goals to lose five pounds, yeah. so you know, and, and that worked. And that was actually, these adventures were quite, uh, important to me to help me lose my weight because after a while you get kind of bored mm-hmm. right you need that challenge um but it's not just the weight of your body it's also gear weight and we'll have another episode that talks more about gear but but overall weight in general yeah. whether it's yours or your gear 
uh, will help improve your fitness. Well, and that's the thing. Like whether it's, you know, backpacking, so lighter pack, lighter sleeping bag, tent, hammock, whatever, you know, uh, cutting the handle off your toothbrush, <laughs> Yeah. you know, to make it lighter. Um, you know, there's a whole world of ultralight backpacking Yeah. because it, lighter gear um, takes you from being a pack mule to being, you know, a nice quick outdoor athlete who really enjoys their time out there. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's the same thing like rock climbing. Yeah. Um, especially trad climbing where you have to carry all your anchors. So nuts and cams yeah. and all the, the slings and all that stuff that with you. And that what, like 20 pounds? Yeah. Well, so so it was a big deal when like this year, and we actually just got some, uh, Black Diamond redid their their C4 Camelots. Yes. Which are like one of the industry standards. Last year they came out with a new version called the Ultralight. Super expensive, but they were 25% lighter. Um, and then they redid the regular ones to be 10% lighter than they were in previous years. So roughly the same price, but 10% lighter. We have five of them, you know, and then a bunch of the X4s. And, uh, cause we just, we just added a whole bunch of new climbing gear for going to Red Rock in a, you know, six weeks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Talk about goals, fitness goals there. Yeah. Yeah. You basically, uh, we have routes planned, um, that I think the biggest one, because we're going to take and do on Rainbow Mountain, Johnny Vegas, um, which is five pitches, a 5.7. Okay. And then the Solar Slab, which is 1,200 feet of 5.6. Right. So combined, you're looking, it's like 1,700 feet. So here's a question, because yeah. I've never done any of this. I know. So this is all interesting. So I'm, I'm doing 5.8s now yeah. in the gym. And because of this, I had stem cell therapy. I've been off for about a month. I haven't really been pushing it. So I've suffered. And what I could do five eights before all in one shot, now I have to take a break. So if I'm going to do five six Mm -hmm. on, what, 1,500 feet of of a climb, what do you want to be gearing towards in the gym that will get you through that? Well, and again, grades vary a little from gym to gym, but, you know, you go to Grand River. Uh, if you can just sort of walk through the gym and do all the five nines without falling off, okay, um, then you'll have both the strength and fitness. To do the five, six in 1,500 feet. Yeah, because if you think of it, it's like, because there's three of us. Right. You're, we're going to, I'll lead, then you're going to climb. Right. Right. So, so. Oh, and I don't even have to clean. No. You just have to, un- <laughs> you have to unclip. Your rope, and then clip Ryan's rope into it. Okay, so I'm literally just climbing. Yeah. Um, then you get up and right. anchor in. Yeah. And then we belay Ryan up, and he cleans it. Right. And so that whole time, you get to rest. Mm-hmm. And then that's true. So you get the rest. You get the rest of two people climbing. Which is significant. Yeah. And that's which can make us slow as shit, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna have to hustle. Like the turnovers and everything will have to be nice and quick. So we're not coming down in the dark. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, that and that's that's exactly the target I was thinking of. So that's that's kind of cool. So I'll let you all know how it worked out. <laughs> but um, yeah, so going back to um, regimens, what, what, what? Actually, I'm I'm very interested. What's your goal? What's your fitness goal? Uh, 
I'm working on getting back to climbing 511s. Okay. Um, because my goal uh, is, and I could probably do it now, but obviously the stronger you are, the easier it is. Right. Uh, and where were you at the beginning of this climbing season? Like not necessarily this year, but when you started up again last year. Oh, like when I, because I hadn't climbed for a few years. Yeah. Um, I was like struggling on five fours. <laughs> No. Well, yeah, outdoors, not indoors. But oh, no, outdoors. no, I'm talking indoors. Let's oh. say indoors, because uh, most people can relate to that. Uh, yeah, because I was leading them too, right? I was sort of getting yeah, my yeah. lead head together okay. again and everything. So indoors. Um, yeah, indoors. Uh, when I first started, like five eighths. Okay, so where I'm at. Um, and then, you know, now I'm like doing ten Bs without falling off. And I could do 10 C's, but I got to hang dog it a bit, you know, shake it out. Yeah. You know, so my aim is to get back to that point where, uh, way back in my day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what was that? You know, I did a couple of like 12A sport routes outdoors that, you know, I worked them, practiced them, you know, like basically, and then eventually red pointed them. Um, but I was also like 50 pounds lighter than I am now. Yeah. Um, for a period, I got into back into powerlifting like I was when I was a teenager. Yeah. And then I just got both bigger muscularly and fatter. So now I'm on the, uh, I've fallen back in love with climbing. Yes. Uh, and so now it's like, oh, wait, I'm too fat for this. And I've got to work <laughs> my way back down again. Yes. You know, got to find those abs because I can feel them under here. I can see the difference though. Yeah. It's coming along. You know. Uh, I'm sitting here in my Captain America tidy shirt. You know, <laughs> bounce those pecs. Yes, you are. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Uh, those are your goals. Okay. Yeah, and because, well, like, I want to do diagonal down in the DAX, which is a 1,000 foot 5.8. Uh, next year, I want to go back to Red Rock, and I want to do epinephrine again. Oh, my God. Because it's a 2,000 foot climb that's got 600 feet of chimney. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of, like... Oh fuck me! That's amazing. Like yeah, it's it's that's a big audacious goal. Yeah. yeah. Well, because really now and then. Well, when you think about it, like five nine. Yeah. Like just one pitch of it's no big deal. Right. Right. But this, I think it's like twenty pitches. <laughs> or I think it's like eighteen pitches. But okay, I just wanted to let people know there's a great, great YouTube, and I forgot his name, but Smash Works. Oh, Trevor. Yeah. He's a physiotherapist, and he's in the gym, and he's great. He's jacked and has got tattoos. And you would just search, I'm having trouble with my rotator cuff or impingement or even tennis elbow or plantar fasciitis. Oh my God, like everything he said that whereas I went to my physiotherapist, none of it really worked, um, worked with him. And yeah. it's basically, he likes to uh, beat your tight muscles like a meat with a meat tenderizer as if you're doing that to some meat. Um, and if you're crying and you're going to throw up, you're probably doing it right. Um, for two minutes and then it's all about um it's like tenderize it and stretch it stretch it and reset it he's always got three stages but yeah. even if you just tenderize it i find that makes a big deal yeah and it works yeah so that helps because we were doing a ton of strength training and really not enough stretching and yeah i i've always been the one where i do just enough mobility work to get by uh yeah. and the thing is you weren't doing anything outside of what you were doing with me that's right right like i do my abs at home Right. I do my stretching at home. Yeah. Like, you know, like I'll sit and 
roll around the floor with the dog and, you know, uh, basically go through like a whole stretching routine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, listen to a podcast or something while I'm doing it. Right. Um, you know, cause those things I don't need a partner for. Yeah. Um, basically to do like leg raises every day and, you know, do cause you? well, I alternate between what's what I told you to do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you haven't been doing it, but I'll do the simple thing is like one day I'll do like three sets of like 10 to 15 leg raises. Right. Um, and then three 30 second planks. Yeah. Um, and then the next day and if you can do planks longer than, you know, 30 seconds, you're yeah. doing it wrong. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, you need to stretch your arms out or... Yeah. Well, because one of the tricks I do is um, I use the furniture slider uh, that you put under the corners of your couch so, you you know, you can slide it around. Yes. I've got my toes on those and I've got them under my elbows. Yeah. So there's no stability. Right? So it's like... <clears throat> Right. Like it's you're really having to like engage. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I'll do that. And then the, the next day uh, I'll do like an ab rollout. Right. And a side plank. Yes. And that's as far as direct abs. That's all I do. Yeah. But I do it every day. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, uh, I know that when we did our strength training, that was never really covered. Uh, in that routine that you mentioned earlier. But, but did I say a bunch of times yeah, 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 I do yeah, my yeah. abs at home? <laughs> you should do it too. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm not, I am that person that needs to, a workout partner. <laughs> and um, yeah, but anyways, it's all good. Um, so what else do we want to talk about? We covered weights. We didn't talk about cardio so much. No. So there, there's sort of two different things to look at. There's general physical preparedness or GPP, right? That's just work. And that can come from a variety of different things, right? You can do some circuit training, right? So do farmer's carries and burpees and push-ups or, you know, like sort of CrossFit-y cons or metabolic conditioning workouts. Drag a tire, swing a sledgehammer, push a wheelbarrow, you know, all of these types of things. Doing, you know, essentially intervals or, or, or even a barbell complex. Like take an empty barbell. And do six power cleans. Yes. Then six front squats. Like you don't ever let go of the barbell. Then six overhead presses. Mm-hmm. Six push presses. Now that you get your leg kick into it, right? So it gets yeah. some. Then six Romanian deadlifts. Mm-hmm. And six barbell rows. Hmm. Right? Nice. Dun, 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 dun. It's an empty barbell, yeah. right? And obviously if you're not quite strong enough, a barbell weighs 45 pounds. You know, a lot of gyms have lighter bars, you know, whatever it is you need weight wise. Mm-hmm. And basically you do that full circuit. Um, and if you look like T Nation bodybuilding strength training website, but if you just do a search there on barbell complexes, there's a ton of different variations. But that's going to get you, you know, kind of pumped mm-hmm. and get you huffing and puffing. Right. And so you do a one minute rest in between the circuit and do that five times. That's going to be great for building your conditioning. Yeah. Um, so th- there's that general physical preparedness side of it, right? And so it's easy if you do like a strength training workout, do do a little conditioning circuit. So that's your general physical preparedness. If you wanted to do a couple of workouts like that each week, it's just stuff that builds your your work capacity, your ability to do work and recover from it. Yeah. 
Then when we get into sports-specific fitness, if you're a backpacker, totally aside from any other conditioning work you do, any other strength training work you do, you have to get used to carrying a heavy load. Yes. And so start with no weight. Anybody who is halfway serious about hiking hikes with poles. Oh, absolutely. Doesn't has nothing to do with age. No. Or injuries or anything. No, it's just super functional. You're faster. There's all sorts of benefits for using hiking poles. So if you're if you're starting from scratch, completely out of shape, just start going for a 15 minute walk four times a week, mm-hmm. but use the poles. Yes. Right. Think of these 15 minute walks of just learning how to use your poles. It can be flat ground. No, it doesn't have to be hilly. Yeah. Right. And then the next week, go 20 minutes. Then 25. Then work your way up. Uh, once you're at half an hour, start going out with a light backpack with like five pounds in it. As I said, it's about consistency and progressive overload. And so that's where doing a little longer each week or adding a little bit of weight. And now when it comes to your backpack, what you'll run into is you start with five pounds. And then go seven and a half, then 10. And before you know it, like if you are consistent and stick with it, um, you'll do weighted hikes like I do with a 60-pound pack. Like I actually put weight plates. I'll put a blanket in and then a weight plate and then a blanket and a weight plate. And like my pack is like you need a good pack to support that kind of weight. But you'll run into the thing where I'll go out for hour-long hikes on a hilly trail like up and down up and down with twice as much weight as I carry when I go backpacking so then when I go out it seems easy it does yeah it's great it's um I bought a weighted vest um it's actually one with um sand bars in it I think it's lead shot but the same idea is it okay so you can take it out and uh you can you know start as low as 20 pounds and go up to 40 so tell me um given that the weight is dispersed on my chest and on my back how does that compare to wearing to to a weighted backpack? As far as it's your, actually harder. Is it harder? Yeah, because there's no hip belt putting it on your hips, right? So your core is more engaged wearing a weighted vest than with your backpack on, right? Cool. Now it's important to get comfortable wearing your backpack. Your first backpacking trip is like a big through hike. So you run into the thing where you don't know if your pack fits properly. You haven't sort of worked everything out. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big believer. Like, sort out all the details. Like, you shouldn't be, like, surprised what it feels like out on the trail. Yeah. You know, you should have the way you pack it sorted out, all that kind of jazz dialed in. That was something that really helped me and really amped up my performance, I thought. So that was really interesting. So, yeah, we covered off quite a bit. Well, we never talked about, we'll call it, like, just sort of the simple idea for mountain training. Um, And by mountain, it can be backpacking. We'll talk about sort of the way we do it, sure. right? And it's just sort of an idea for people um, to to have in their head, right? So you can really simplify your training. Uh, you need to get stronger, okay? So if you rock climb, that means a chunk of climbing. Um, if you've been climbing for over a year so that you're consistently, so that your hands and the tendons are well conditioned, they've toughened up and can take more load, then consider adding in fingerboard training. You know, if you haven't been climbing a year, be very leery with that because hanging from your fingertips with all your body weight, um, you know, if you you haven't conditioned yourself for that, can be 
uh, risk injury, mm-hmm. um, especially on tiny, tiny edges, then you need to be flexible enough, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to be a gymnast, uh, but you know, if you if you move like like the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz, you know, barely move, you're not going to have any fun, right? It doesn't. You don't have to be you know a yogi and you you know all that kind of thing. Although yoga is sort of one of the simplest ways do yoga twice a week. You know, that'd make a world of difference for most, particularly guys, because they don't stretch enough. And then you have to get conditioned to carrying load, right? So obviously hikes with a backpack. And one of the simple little tricks I do, if you live in an area that's not mountainous, but like even you've got like parks near your house that have some rolling hills, um, I hike quick. But then every hill I hit, I don't run. But going uphill, I just put the hammer down or hike as fast as I can. Really drive those poles. Really try to, you Mm -hmm. know, hike your way up there. And so I use every hill I hit as kind of like an interval. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things when I get over the top, even though, you know, you're huffing and puffing and out of breath, I try to keep my speed up. And because now we're back on level ground or maybe even going downhill, um, I try to maintain the speed rather than slowing down to recover try to recover while moving, right? Because if you can, you know, when you're out on the trail, have a good pace, like, and this is on an actual trip, a good pace uphill, Mm -hmm. and then maintain your pace rather than as soon as you get to the top, you're like, (sighs) and slowing right down, um, it's being consistent. So that's one thing. Other, Other types of loaded carries are really effective as far as training, you know, your body to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, is things like the farmer's carry, right? Pick a heavy weight up in each hand and walk till they fall out of your hands. They will train like your core stabilizer muscles. Yeah, so what weight would you start at? Uh, it's hard to say for because the person's fitness levels vary. Sure. Um, but, but how does it want to, how do you want to feel? You want it to be taxing your grip. Or you at least want to carry it until, yeah, you can't yeah. hold on to it anymore. I, mean, yeah. I, I would say probably not more for than a minute you know yeah like if you're going much more than a minute and then you gotta go up and wait yeah um, but again it's like anything i would rather you you know get some work especially if it's something that's new to you mm-hmm. start light do it consistently basically five sets where you walk 30 seconds to a minute yeah with the weight in your hand yeah got put it. it down a minute recovery repeat it yeah right because the farmer's carry is such a great exercise because uh ankles hips you know your legs your core is engaged your butt's working the shoulder girdle to support the weight your grip and you know if you're if you're once you get up to a, a moderately heavy weight there's a lot of uh just systemic load so a lot of cardiovascular load I've done farmer's walks with the trap bar with like over 300 pounds. I've also done them like with dumbbells with 120 pounds in each hand. Yeah. You know, for like 50 steps. And sometimes we'll even add fat grips to things or yeah. even just flip the, the trap bar around and have the fat, the fat handles. Yeah. And work with that. And that's really good climbing. Yeah. Because anything that works your grip, makes your grip stronger, will help your climbing. Yeah. And, and sometimes they're backpacking and it does feel like rock climbing. Yeah, like the kind where you put your poles away and you need your hands. Uh, yeah, like Saddleback. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Should have had a rope there. No, you didn't need it. You were fine. 
Yeah, she'll never stop talking about Saddleback. That wasn't a hike. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. So I think uh, something else that's really important to talk about is lots of water. Yes. Minimum how much a day? Uh, varies per person, but I would say even for a tiny person, like three liters a day. Yeah. Um, if you're big, you sweat a lot, four to five. Yes. Because enough hydration, your your system just works better. Your joints are lubricated. Anybody anybody ever talks about like these detox diets? I'm gonna save you a lot of money. Here's the magic detox, right? It's not some stupid thing that you know you're gonna pay at the health food store or yeah. the infomercial. Yeah. Stop eating shit. Right. Clean food, more vegetables, clean proteins, you know, less sugar, and then drink more water. Um, we, for detoxing, we have these things called kidneys. They're magical, right? <laughs> and so if you stop putting garbage in yes. and you have enough uh, fluid in your system to, to properly flush out, ta-da! Sleep. Sleep's important. Well, not for the detox. No, 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 no. no I'm talking about for okay. fitness. Yes. At least eight hours. Like the, for, for a while, I was getting only six hours sleep every day, and it was to the point where even on weekends, I'd wake up after six hours. So I, I started to put myself on a sleep training schedule. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think it was just me telling myself, I need to go to bed and sleep longer. And somehow, subconsciously, you know, didn't wake up after six hours. It it slept for a longer period of time. Yeah. So I've noticed that be really important. And then supplements, you've told me about that in the past. Yeah, like uh, fish oil. Try to get like three grams a day of omega-3s. Yeah. Because we, we get enough omega-6s and 9s. Uh-huh. Omega-3s are the one that we don't get enough of. So and omega-3, 6, and 9s, the essential fatty acids, all work uh, in a ratio. But what we run into is because our diet is so high in omega-6 and 9s, our balance gets thrown off. And um, not having enough omega-3s can be inflammatory. And so therefore, mm-hmm. having enough omega-3s is anti-inflammatory. Um, and a lot of the health problems that people have um, in the modern world are from chronic inflammation, right? That's so a good point. So if yeah. you cut down on the sugar... Yes, carbs. Uh, not, well, carbs are fuel, right? But it's really processed sugar more than anything. Um, like if, if you're getting some like sweet potatoes and oats and some fruit... And you're super active. Yes. Um, that's not the problem, right? It's it's donuts and crackers and cereal. Cereal's horrible. It's sugar in your coffee. Yes. It's soft drinks. What about sweeteners? Um, stevia's uh, not bad. Jury is still out, but not leaning towards acquitting. Um, a lot of the artificial sweeteners like aspartame, yeah. basically a lot of the, the data on those doesn't look good health-wise. Yeah. Um, one of the other things with artificial sweeteners is it can trick your body into thinking it's got it, right? So it makes you crave just uh-huh. as if you had sugar. Well, you don't have the calories, um, there's still some negative uh, physiological effects. So yeah, like basically lower the sugar intake, healthy fats enough vitamin D, enough magnesium. Those are two really important. So year round, I'll do, like in the summertime, I'll do 5,000 IUs a day of vitamin D. Uh, In the wintertime, when you're not getting enough sunlight, 
uh, 10,000 IUs. And how many of those little tablets are they? 10. Yeah. For a lot of people, I think the box says one. Yeah. Yeah. But but if you if you look into the, the data on vitamin D, you're not at risk of toxicity from it. Most people are chronically deficient in it. Because when we go outside in the summertime where there is a lot of sun, uh, we wear sunscreen, which stops our absorption of vitamin D from the sun. We wear sunglasses, uh, which stops our uh, bodies, you know, making of vitamin D. Like, you know, we cover up yeah. completely, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but even on the uh, omega-3 oils, too, like you take quite a bit of that. Yeah, three grams. You, you can't overdose on that. So and that's that can be really helpful to people as they yeah, age. Yeah, the only yeah. thing that sucks is the fish burps. I don't get that. I guess it's all everybody's own preference. So so um, I think we covered it. That's that's pretty much what it's come up, boiled down to for us. Boiled up to, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sidebar note here. Uh, I grew up in a Portuguese household. I never got my sayings right from day one. <laughs> that, that's true. So big thing really just to remember, you know, if you take away, stick to the basics consistency trumps everything even if you're feeling like tired and lazy get your ass to yeah and it, it you always be better for it yeah and it, it it's one of these things it doesn't always have to be the gym like if you were to take and do circuits at home yeah right do something like get a chin-up bar hung somewhere in your house and if you're not strong enough to do chin-ups get some of the big you know rubber bands like the strength bands that you can hang from it. So you put your feet in it, it takes yeah, some of your yeah. weight off. Push-ups, pull-ups, squats, lunges. Done. Right? Now, is it the best workout? No. But if you did that consistently, right? Increased your volume, slowed your reps down, you know, pause. Like there's all sorts of techniques you can do to make it harder. And you just consistently did it. Yeah. That would help. Right. So that's sort of the big thing. Consistency, consistency, consistency. And whenever you can do a little bit more. And remember, it's like investing. You know, you invest in yourself now and you will be blown away with the payoff you get down the road. Totally. So everybody remember, if you're going to play outside, show up in shape. (laughs) That's that's really the message of this one. And we're trying to give you as many little tips to get there as you can. Yeah. And even if you're not, you know, all six-packy, because I'm naughty anymore. Uh, really, was only maybe two weeks of my life that I actually was. Uh, <laughs> it's really hard, unless you're natural. Uh, you know, it's it's just about, you know, having a, a better quality of life. Um, or sex life, at least. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. So remember, just get out there, get active, just be consistent with it, and you will be blown away with what you can do. All right. So until next time. I'm Catherine. I'm Winston. And remember, sometimes you got to sweat a little bit.